Welcome to Choose Views with Richard Chu. Get ready to dive into a world of insightful conversations and thought-provoking discussions. As progressives, our job is to have an all-inclusive, full-on assault with all of our players. A show that will focus on moving our political, social, economic, gender, and cultural conversation forward. And all of our players means all of our players. It's Choose Views. And now, here's your host, Richard Chu. Good morning, good morning, folks. Hope everybody's doing well. Uh, it's uh, hump day, as the phrase goes, Mon- Monday, Tuesday. Now we're at Wednesday. We're middle of the week. Um, I'm riding with my man, Henry, today, as he's got us uh, up and running. So excited to be here, as always. Glad you guys are doing well. Um, my little morning uh, uh, sideline, uh, what we would call it, weather report, I guess, or weather update. Um, we are looking to have a pretty clear day today from what I'm, uh, from what I'm seeing on, uh, on my feed and uh pretty sunny so that's kind of nice uh it's going to get up into the uh, mid 40s so enjoy it guys enjoy it we caught a we caught a break uh new york middle uh, not not middle east um uh north mid atlantic and uh uh the um upper atlantic area got um a reasonable amount of snow but you know fortunately that um you know, didn't get as heavy as we were supposed to get here in the Midwest. So I'm happy about that. And uh looks like the rest of the week's going to play out uh, to be a pretty solid week, going to be in the 40s. So I am excited to say, as I said yesterday, and I'll say it again, that I didn't have to drive through snow and I didn't have to plow or sh- shovel any snow to get to the garage and all the rest. So um, no heavy boots. I'm not um, I'm not unhappy about that. Now, if it comes, I'll, I'll be prepared. But um, here we are, Wednesday morning. Happy to be here again. And um, you know, this week is clearly Super Bowl week, so I've been kind of leaning into some of the things that other folks are talking about when it comes to the the big game, as you may have heard it referred to. But here's the thing that I think is really kind of cool. And Henry Henry's getting the camera squared away now that we're Facebook Live. So. You know, I wanted to make sure that um, you know I, I'm I'm posing correctly for for uh, for Henry's uh, Henry's work. Happy Valentine's Day, folks! And I say it to everybody: Happy Valentine's Day to to the ladies, and Happy Valentine's Day to the guys, and Happy Valentine's Day to the moms and the dads and everybody else. Um, and and Happy Valentine's Day, most importantly, to my sweetheart Anne. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm really thrilled that, um, we get to have this, it's, it's always kind of funny, like certain holidays where they land, if one lands in the middle of the week or lands on the, on a, on a Saturday and, you know, nobody really takes Valentine's day off because it's not a holiday, but, um, we do have president's day coming up next week. So, um, is that right? Yeah. Next Monday. So, um, a lot of people will be taking that day off, which is kind of cool. And I think, um, you know, we, we will acknowledge that and those who get to take it off, enjoy it. So, but happy Valentine's Day. Uh, make sure that um, you've gotten your, your, your gifts and your cards squared away. And uh, if you're taking your loved one or ones out to dinner, enjoy yourself. Have a good time today. Um, so as I was saying about the Super Bowl or that we're still in kind of Super Bowl uh, week fever, um, the, the question that I have uh, and I had yesterday and Monday is, what was your uh, uh, most favorite Super Bowl commercial, your most liked Super Bowl commercial? Because there were quite a few. I'd like to hear from you guys. The number is 773-763-9278 and see which ones you thought were pretty cool and uh, enjoyed. So give me a ho- holler about that and we'll talk about some other things. But um, 
One of the things I want to do um, right off the bat this morning is lean into what so many folks were talking about yesterday. I caught um, a little bit of it um, uh, toward the end of the show, but the conversation around uh, John Stewart and his first uh, his, his first new show Monday night, uh, which some people were quite a few people were talking about yesterday, and that you know. They, there were a lot of people who were, for lack of better words, disappointed in the the tone that he took. Now, as the day went by and things sort of uh, expanded and we got more commentary from folks, one of the, the big, the, the, the consistent thing that I heard was that Jon Stewart was uh, playing the both sides do it uh, theme and that he although he layered in some comedy and he layered in some funnies and all that and tried doing it in a comedic way, that that was a, that was a theme that he didn't necessarily need to take. And, um, that he kind of posed some questions that rubbed a few viewers the wrong way. But I, but I have to say this, I didn't see it, but the one thing I will say about that is, um, you know, if he dropped the ball, you know, he he has a chance to kind of pick it up this coming Monday. And I will bet you this, on Tuesday of next week, this is going to be part of the conversation that all of us will be having about Jon Stewart. We'll be saying that he either defended his actions and or defended the, the way that this first show went. And he's going to continue, you know, kind of in that direction. Or he will say, hey, guys, listen, um, you know, I kind of, I understand where you are. I understand how you feel. And I understand if you think I dropped the ball in that first show last Monday, they'll watch that. He will either say he'll, he'll, he'll take a not defensive, but he'll, he'll justify why the show ran the way that it did. Or he will say, I just, um, you know, I thought that that was the right approach and you know, my bad, I dropped the ball and you know, that, that, uh, I recognize what a lot of people have been saying the past week. That'll, it'll be one of those two. But what I want to lean into on that is it, as it relates to responsibility, it's, it's, it's kind of the word that I, um, when I thought, when I listened to what people were saying, I thought about responsibility and I thought about expectation. So here's where I'm going with this. So there is an expectation by many people who've been following Jon Stewart since he left the Daily Show, particularly with the stands that he's taken stances that he's taken um, on a lot of issues, uh, 9-11 uh, um, victims, uh, particularly uh, those who were, who were firefighters and, and police officers, uh, the, the way in which uh, J-6 was handled and the officers that were uh, assaulted um, that were standing in the void that, on that day. And he's really slammed uh, Donald Trump. And hasn't really, you know, slammed or, or made a lot of, um, um, you know, teasing toward President Biden. And I think that the expectation from a lot of people who were, who were excited about watching John's new show is that they were looking for that guy who represented himself as the guy that stands in the void for those who've been um, put into an awful predicament and then there was no one there for them. And I think that a lot of the expectation from viewers was that the John Stewart, who we saw in some of those interviews with congressional um, leaders um, on abortion and on LGBTQ rights, that 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 vim and vigor from that we'd seen 
John bring in some of those interviews and some of his commentary that that was going to be the dude that showed up Monday night. And I think a lot of people, because of the expectation based on what he'd been doing the last couple of years, didn't get that. And they felt like they were let down because John, they were, I'm just, I don't want to make an assumption here, but I'm willing to bet that a lot of people, Henry, if you talk to them, they were looking for that dude. They were looking for that guy to come out of the, come out swinging, so to speak. And that's not the guy that, that, that showed up on Monday night. And that because of that, that wasn't the guy that showed up on Monday night. A lot of people were disappointed because of their expectation. So we're going to take a quick break. Welcome to Wednesday morning. This is 773, the number 773-763-9278. This is Choose Views, and we'll be right back. It's Choose Views with Richard Chu on WCPT 820, where facts matter. Hey, guys. Welcome back. Yeah, so before the break, we talked. I was talking a little bit about, about uh, John Stewart and the expectation of folks who had been watching him the last couple of years and the what they got or what folks got, and that wasn't to the expectation of what a lot of people wanted. Um, and that, you know, to, to the extent that, you know, you can have that feeling or have that thought about uh, what John did, you know, first show, and I think that, like I said, a lot of, a lot of what was said, certainly he'll see on social media and certainly he'll hear from a, from a variety of different voices. That's not to say he's going to do anything different. If he's going to you know, play the neutral game or in the middle game or the you know, light both sides do it game or if he will come out throwing flames um, next Monday and in the future shows. But we'll see. But I did realize that there were a lot of folks that were like, hey, nah. But, you know, hey, you have a you have a you have a tool. Um, as I said, uh, day before yesterday, we all have this one of the kind of a similar tool or two of the same tools. We have a phone and you have a pen. Or in this case, you have a phone and you have a pen and a pad and paper. So when you've got concerns, you got to voice them. You know, it's here. We welcome you calling in. We had a really, we had an, an interesting, uh, exchange yesterday. There was a gentleman who called in and he was, um, to the questions that I ask everybody. Um, and I'm, I'm going to lean into this question right now. What has President Biden done for you? What Give us a call and talk about those things. If we're going to continue to have that repetitive uh, push toward Biden good, not Biden bad, or Biden uh, same as Trump, uh, or you know, what's the difference between the two, then we have to speak to the things that President Biden and the administration have done that are successes. And I, I think it's, it's hugely important. So that's why I'll be asking you guys every single day up until the election and beyond, Talk to us about what President Biden has done for you in these um, the, in the in the three plus years that he's been in office, and what has he done? What has he, uh, if anything, done to harm you? Um, which I don't think there's anything that's, that, that you can name, but there may be. So I don't want to discount that. But I want to hear, and I want our other listeners and now viewers, because we're on Facebook Live. Hey there, um, let us know what those things are. And then, then we can talk through them. And if there's things that he's done that you can directly say have impacted my life. Like yesterday, we had a number of folks that called in and they spoke specifically to things that President Biden has done and is doing. And because of the legislation that's been passed and or um, uh, uh, executive orders, that these things have impacted their lives. And I want to hear those things because we have to further that, that conversation. We have to speak to that every single day. We have to we have to use that as a tool to push back uh, on the the crazy BS that's coming from the right and that's coming from mainstream media when it comes to how much 
they need a they need a horse race and how much they need to say that you know Biden and, and Trump are 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 similar and they're running at the same and you know to whatever extent the polls are are uh, a contributing factor to that I think that we can offset that if you think about this just picture this just picture this if we are beating the drum daily of the things that President Biden's doing well and that he's aspirational about getting done. That becomes as strong of a message as Andrea Mitchell or, or, or Katie Turr uh, or uh, um, the other woman on Meet the Press, uh, Kristen Welker, are using to make it a, a middle-of-the-road race or make it a, uh, a horse race, which only fosters and, and provides their network with, and that's MSNBC, which, you know, I'm, I'm a, I've been a follower, follower of MSNBC for a long time. But I think the more we beat the drum about what President Biden has done that's been successful, the more that that uh, provides us with a counter message, which we've got to do it. And the administration's got to do it, but we also have to do it. We have to be the one to stand in the void. We have to be the one that when you're talking with a friend or an associate or family member and they're speaking to the, you know, my taxes were lower when Biden, when uh, Trump was in office and the border was safer when Trump was was in office, uh, you know, then you got to stand in the void and talk about why it wasn't or why it will, why, what has actually happened since President Biden has been in office. So you guys know where I stand on that. I will do a certain amount of Biden uh, promoting because I'm not willing to sac- to, to, uh, to sit back and just sort of lay down and let this, as many people have called him, orange monster, uh, become the next president of the United States. I'm going to do everything in my power and encourage as many people as I can, certainly through this show and certainly us through, through our work here at CPT, uh, are going to do. So that's kind of where I am on that. And I, and I hope you guys can can continue to shoulder up with me. Let's talk about what President Biden has done good and done well for you. And let's, let's spend more time on that than uh, Biden bad or making the comparison that, that he and Trump are, are, the, are, are the same. And to that end, um, people need to stop referring to Donald Trump as President Trump. He's not president. He was president. He's a former president. He's not president. And when I hear any of the, we know what's going to come out of the mouths of the, um, the members of the House of Representatives and, and to some extent the, the Senate, the Republicans, on the house, uh, the, the Republicans in the House and the Republicans in the Senate, we know it's going to come out of their mouth. But the mainstream media and any of the other folks that are talking about Donald Trump, you don't get to refer to him as President Trump because he's not president. And I know that some people like to try to justify that by saying, well, the election was stolen, it was rigged, it was all these other crazy A comments about the election when it was the most secure election in our lifetime based on the data. And based on people who actually ran the election from the federal position and with the states where there was some sort of, you know, hinkiness going on. Safest, most fair election. So coming back to the Trump is not president. Stop referring to him as such. That's what we have to do. We have to take. See, you guys can probably sense a little bit of a theme this morning. We have to take control of our messaging, even with John Stewart. You know, John's, John didn't hit it quite right, according to what a lot of people said. Then the, then the responsible thing for us to do is to lean into that. And if you are going to speak well about President Biden, then you got to lean into that. you got to pull the data together. I'm going to provide you with as much as I can and tools that I, as I can. 
And we have to be ready to talk about the good things that President Biden has done and is doing in this administration when it comes to stopping people real time from saying that from referring to Donald Trump as President Trump. It's on us to do that. We can't wait for somebody else to do it. So that's the that's our calling right now, in my humble opinion, is that we have to right now. And for those who say that, you know, they'll hold their nose and vote for President Biden. Okay, well, pinch that bad boy off, but vote for President Biden. You know, pinch it off, blow out a nostril, whatever you got to do, but vote for President Biden. And, And in the lead up to this election, we have to speak well of what the president's doing. And as I said yesterday, you know, you know, President Biden's not President Biden should capture the moment and take control of the conversation about he's old. And we'll get into that a little bit later. But coming back to we've got to take control of the thing that we have that we most are concerned about with this election. And that is the dialogue around it. And I laundry list this real quickly. If it's John Stewart and you don't like how he handled his first show, then call into that show or find their site, their social and post things about it. If you don't like the fact that people are not talking enough about President Biden's successes, <clears throat> then get your own list together and be ready that be ready to talk about those successes when President Biden is in the conversation um, with you and your friends and, and all the different you know engagements that you have. And the third thing in, in this in this space is don't let people run around calling President uh, calling Donald Trump President Trump because he's not president; he is a former president. Just like President, uh, for, just like Barack Obama is former President Obama, I think it's really critical. I, it, this cracks me up sometimes, and I, I, I will yell at the screen, or, or, or I'll yell at the radio when I hear this one, Henry. This is really hilarious. The, the media will have on someone that's that held an office, and they do it on the left and the right. They do it. I've noticed they do it more um, when it's a uh, on the uh, a Republican candidate or a Republican uh, um, a guest, and they do it with uh, a Democratic guest. And this is what it is. It's kind of hilarious. Um, they'll refer to someone that hasn't held an office or a cabinet position or whatever in two election cycles. I mean, the one that comes to mind the most that makes me laugh, I just is uh, Rick Santorum. I mean, you had, you didn't see this, guys, but when I said his name, Henry had to kind of look to the sky like, who in the hell is that? But the point is, and this is why I'm, I'm holding on to this, 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 uh, this point about, you know, Donald Trump is, no, is not President Trump. He's former President Trump. Um, they'll refer to this person as, you know, uh, a Senator Santorum. The dude hasn't been in three, three election cycles. He hasn't been a senator in three election cycles. It's been a commentator on, on CNN and they'll refer to other politicians as so-and-so. I mean, and, and respectfully, I love Hillary Clinton, but she's Hillary Clinton now. She's not Madam Secretary, former secretary. Same thing applies when it comes to, you know, I've, I've had I've had encounters with with uh, other folks who, you know, will refer to the former official as the current person by calling them, you know, um, Senator this or, you know, representative that. no. They are they're a private citizen now. Refer to them as their current name and stop, you know, giving this allegiance and and sort of uh, genuflecting to the person's former role. I get it. It's it's part of the dialogue that, you know, kind of makes people happy. 
But it's it's kind of, it, I don't know, it, it just is one of my little irritants. And I know that you guys probably are laughing with me on that one. But hey, you know, I've been laughed with and laughed at before. When we come back from this break, we're going to talk about some things that just happened um, yesterday, which you guys are all familiar with. But we do want to wrap about that a little bit. The number is 773-763-9278. This is Choose Views, and we'll be right back. It's Choose Views with Richard Chu on WCPT 820, Chicago's progressive talk. Hey, hey guys, back again. Um, so listen, I'm wearing my uh, Chicago hat. I love Chicago. I'll speak well of Chicago. One of the things that hit a, just a brief uh, rewind to yesterday is um, I was talking about things that have, that have been happening in the city and going back to last year, last summer, spring, summer and fall events and how Chicago pulled off, you know, really pull off all the events really well. We had everybody come through. Taylor came through. Beyonce came through. We had the um, the NASCAR, um, the, fe- the the jazz, the blues fest, case of Chicago, um, Lollapalooza, the, the the marathon, all the festivals, the art uh, shows. We really, really showed up last spring, summer, and fall. And I want to. Uh, the shout out is to our city. And I, um, you know, been looking at some of the data, and I talked a little bit about it yesterday as it relates to the um, the the safety factor that isn't talked about when people want to kind of you know run. Um, Run roughshod over Chicago being dangerous. Chicago's got its issues. Absolutely. Not shying away from that. But what I was really speaking to yesterday was some of the cool things that are happening that happened last year. We've got NASCAR back again this year, which is exciting. So we're going to have another good spring, summer, and fall, which I'm looking forward to. And courtesy of my wife, um, I have my new Chicago hat that I'm wearing today. So I'm proud of my city. So before we broke away, um, I was talking about uh, some things that that, rec- that that happened yesterday, and, and you guys who are following all this, I, t- I spoke about how we've really got to lean into other elections, the purple plan, as I call it, and I'm committed to talking about that every single day in some measure because part of our opportunity here is to make sure that we can reach out to other other um, House races and other Senate races, and certainly. Um, any of the state legislatures and governor's races. We have an opportunity to stem the tide and flip a variety of seats. And to that end, Tom Swazi did win the uh, New York District 3 election yesterday, which is fantastic. I think that what what that means, we know what that means numerically, that, that um, took us... Um, one step, one house seat closer to having what we need uh, as it relates to taking back the house. So we reelect President Biden. We want to make sure he's got a house to work with to bring legislation that's going to get passed, <clears throat> excuse me, that's going to get passed and then be able to push toward the Senate so that we can move in the direction of building um, the stronger um, uh, country that we are all looking for and, and, the, and to use the phrase to save democracy. So one step, we got that seat back. And now it's about making sure that, you know, he stays in that seat in the fall and we continue to move forward with uh, capturing other seats to flip the house. So as we speak about the house, one of the things that I that I can't go without saying is um, they now they, they can finally count. And, and that's a reference to last week not being able to count votes to win or I'm sorry, to, um, to have the votes that they needed to uh, impeach um, Mayorkas. 
And they did. They got the votes and they were able to get the votes to 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 actually impeach him. Um, you know, all I can call it is a kangaroo, kangaroo House of Representatives. That's that's just really who they are. Uh, they had nothing else. I mean, so so this is a question that I'll ask everybody. They spent all this time and treasure getting votes together to impeach Secretary Mayorkas. To what end? So if they not, so what's what's going to happen now? Because the House, the the Senate's not going to vote to remove him. So it was an exercise in stupidity in this kangaroo Republican House of Representatives. It was a, it was truly an exercise in stupidity. And the fact that don't don't look at that, the fact that they got the numbers to impeach him. Look at last week's results. Last week's res- results are far more telling and important to how incompetent the Republicans in the House of Representatives are. They had to have a set. If, if you know that your push to vote to impeach someone is so strong, you get it done right the first time. You don't have to go back to the well to take a second vote to get this dude impeached. Now, that's the trend with Republicans. They can't get stuff done and they make a big deal about how we've got everything we need to impeach someone. We got everything we need to take somebody down and put them in their place and they're awful. And they go to vote and they can't get it done. They've time and time, you know, done that. Like when, when it came to uh, uh, Kevin McCarthy becoming the Speaker of the House, they couldn't get that done. And, and, you know, 15 times? Come on. Waste of time and treasure and money. If they had to pay out of their pockets for that, I mean, and I get it. I know, that, I know how the game works. But if they had to pay out of their pocket for the, co- the cost of, of those votes, they wouldn't do it. If, if, their, if their compensation was contingent on their success in voting, they would be broke. Or they'd, they'd, they'd think twice about bringing these votes to the floor. But it's about theater. It's about how can we help our cause and, and help our orange God look better. How can we, you know, hold up the, you know, because they don't care about getting legislation. If they did, then they would lean in with the Democrats and say, okay, listen, y'all, what can we, what, what, we don't have to agree on everything. We know that. But what, what can we get done? And they're not doing that. So when you, if you are a Republican voting uh, U.S. citizen, I don't care where you are in the country, you could be in the deepest, reddest, racist, sexist part of the country. What I can tell you, or you can be at the, the complete opposite of that economically, at the, the, the heights of income, the heights of wealth and influence and power, and still be that racist mindset, sexist, biased, nationalistic mindset. What I will tell you is that the folks in the middle are of all communities and all cultures, and they're the ones that are being hurt the most by the lack of the, the lack of forward movement by the house of representatives right now and since the 2022 midterms the people that are being hurt the most by this particular republican uh led congress are the folks in the middle and, and to some extent economically the folks on the on the far ends of that of, of our economic scale and the problem is they don't care and we aren't leaning in hard enough and this is why I go back to the purple plan we have to continue to lean hard really hard to make sure that we've got the numbers to get that movement to get that progress to get those votes to get those um, bits of less legislation to the floor uh, the reason that Republican men or 
PO'd about Nancy Pelosi isn't because it's Nancy Pelosi. It's because she was a woman getting stuff done. And it, and it was, and it was leading the Democrats down a path of getting more stuff done. The reason that Hakeem Jeffries is, is, um, gonna be the next great speaker is when we flipped the House of Representatives, he was someone that, that gained a lot of his knowledge and experience from Nancy Pelosi. So that's what we have to lean toward. That's what we have to push and pull at the same time toward is a House of Representatives that's not a kangaroo House of Representatives that's going to have these just archaic votes to get a secretary who they won't help fund the, the exact budget that's needed to get the, 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 the southern border more protected. We've got to get that group of people. We got to send those folks home. That's just it's that simple. You have to take your, your toys and leave the sandbox. Um, I think the more that we lean into that, the better we're going to be as it relates to our forward um, progress with President Biden getting reelected. And, and, you, and it's it, it's kind of it's kind of boring, but it's but it's also necessary to keep speaking about President Biden being reelected with having a House of Representatives or I'm sorry, having a House that he can that he can work with and a Senate that he can work with is a huge game changer. Civics 101, y'all. We need that. The, the president has to have that as well as being uh, being reelected. So let's do this, Henry. I know that we have a break, but we got a little bit of time. Let's see what my man Dave in Hoffman Estates has to say this morning. Welcome to Choose Views. Good morning, Dave. How are you? Good morning, Richard. Uh, before I get into what I told uh, Henry, I got through uh, talking about that uh, Vote yesterday. You don't think that's coincidental that they were in such a sweat to do a redo on the, uh, the impeachment of Mallorca? Happened to be the same day that uh, they had this New York election? <laughs> Not at all. Not at all. I thought about that, too. I, I sort of leaned back and went, yeah, the timing of that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Time is everything. On that. that might be the only time that they, they counted correctly. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, Dave. I, mean, I thought about that too yesterday, late afternoon. I thought, huh, that's a, that, that that wasn't an accident. They could have pushed it to tomorrow or had it on Monday, but you know, it, it, it did it did kind of land at the same time. So I hear what you're saying. Absolutely. Yeah, uh, what I told Henry was um, that I read the other day about where um, that. Uh, Unbelievably stupid explanation that Ron Johnson <laughs> about uh, that bill, you know, that uh, that passed in the Senate. But he had first said that on that uh, interview and that with uh, Tucker Carlson that uh, Putin won't lose, he won't lose, you know, and uh, he's yeah. not going to lose. Then this was just you know hours before he went and voted against that bill, and yeah, I think they. I, read that he had filibuster through the knife on that and everything and yeah uh, what do you expect from a guy who uh, went to russia with seven other republicans back on the fourth of july of uh, 2018 2018 yeah well i mean Dave, a, a great point in both in both uh, pieces in terms of the, the timing of the vote but uh you know ron johnson is listen this is what particularly when it comes to the senate but i think it's true for the house and the senate the the constituents are putting those people back in office. And so as much as we see it and go, 
I can't believe Ron Johnson just said that, and I, or I can't believe that Lisa Murkowski just said what she said, or Susan Collins just said what she said, and the list goes on. Um, it's the voters in that area. I mean, Eric and I say that you hear this all the time in the family meeting. It's the voters. It's it's they're representing the people that put them in office, and so as as, as much as. You know, we can look at Ron Johnson and his craziness and his buffoonery to my to my uh, calling. We also have to look at the fact that the folks in his in, in his state, you know, said we want this guy to go and represent us. So for those of us who are spending our money in certain areas of the country where we've got politicians that are not necessarily moving in our direction, you got to rethink that. You know, you, you just do. You got to look at that and say, OK, how do I how do I really feel about spending my money in a state where the, where a, per, a percentage of the people that live here um, aren't in line with the things that I believe that are that are for the betterment of the country? OK, it's, so Johnson is an, a good example of that. But I agree with you. His his back and forth and his justification on on his voting is really like, I, I, you know, it's not unbelievable. Yeah. It's very believable, but it, it's a, an, it's an indication of what the people there are, are, are OK with there that they that they're satisfied with. Don't you think? Yeah. yeah. Hey, Rich, don't you leave you with this one? What's that's that? Kind of amusing being a veteran and everything on um, with those seditionists that from the January 6th. Right. That been shot and are convicted during prison time. And um, question: I wonder if uh, they lose, have lost their veteran benefits in the, prison, and then also do they get their rights? Do they lose their right to vote? Because as we know, civilians that been put in prison did their time to society; they still can't vote. Yeah. You know. Yep. And well, I thought, thought that these guys should lose. Lose everything, you know. Treat them like a dishonorable discharge, you know. That they don't get no medical no more, no more, you know, no more medical medicine, you know, stuff like that. Well, I have, I, I don't, I don't know if, and so let me make sure I'm, I'm clear on what you're asking or, or presenting because it's actually, it's a great thought. Does a person who served in the military, that's a veteran, if he or she is convicted of a crime, in this case, uh, part of being part of the insurrection? We we know that they come out if they're if they're a convicted felon that they're voting um, that's gone, but my yeah what that's is, but that's a good question. Food, I had never looked into it too much. I didn't know if you had heard anything. I, I haven't, you know, but now but now that you say it, Dave, I'm going to do two things. One, I'm going to put it out there. If anybody knows the answer to that question, because I don't know it, I'm curious and don't have enough quick time to do the research. But if you know the answer, give us a call because I'm actually curious about that. I never thought about it that way. Uh, that's a great uh, uh, question, Dave. I, I'm going to write that down about um, what okay. happened. I'll talk to my brother-in-law. He's a former Marine, and I'll ask him what the deal is on that. So. Yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, that's, uh, they should pay the price. I mean, they violated their oath that they took. Yeah, they did. They actually did. Wow. I got you know. Leave it to Dave to bring us with some new, some new angles. That's uh, when you're off. When we're off the air with you, Dave, and I'll let you go, man. Thanks for the call. Have a great yeah. day today. Thanks, Richard. Uh, Have a right. good one. You too, man. What I love about Dave, Dave comes. I've said this before. Dave comes from the angle. He doesn't attack directly. He comes with the angle thoughts, and he's right. I want to find out that I'm going to. I'm going to check with my brother-in-law um, and, and other men that, and women that I know that that are. Um, retire from the military and see what they know in terms of that answer. But if you guys are, that are listening happen to know the answer to that question, give us a call. I'll repeat it after we come back from the break. The number is 773-763-9278. This is Choose Views, and we'll be right back. 
Welcome back to Choose Views with Richard Chu on WCPT 820, Chicago's progressive talk. Hey, hey, we are back, folks. And uh, yeah, Dave had a nice, uh, nice little uh, question there. So any of you guys who are who are listening or are following the show, uh, if you have any, if you know the answer to this question, let me know which that question is. Um, if you are a veteran and you're convicted of a felony, do you lose your benefits? Um, and obviously the right to vote, we know how that happened, what happens with that. But I'm just curious for those who uh, may know the answer to the question, give me a holler. Seven seven three seven six three nine two seven eight. Um, I want to kind of go through a couple of things that I that I picked up uh, on um, yesterday that uh, I think are kind of important. Um, I had a, a friend of mine ask me a question uh, the other day about you know how do I feel about AI, and um, I, you know my my response was yeah I got to learn more about it. But I did see yesterday, and this is kind of cool that students can now major in AI. And, and and as much as there are people who feel that um, that there may be a threat to um, to jobs because of the um, the push for AI and and the, the growth of AI, one of the things that um, is happening is that um, you can enter, you can get an engineering uh, an AI engineering degree, um, and that. That's starting to become more popular with certain school programs. University of Pennsylvania uh, yesterday uh, announced that it's becoming the first Ivy League school to say it will offer a major um, this coming fall. So the uh, associate dean, Robert uh, Grist, said that, you know, this is a direction that we have to go or at least have to provide an opportunity uh, for students coming in to look into that. Um, and to become trained in that area and, and, and become good in that area. He said that a lot of jobs are going to come as a result of AI and, and, and how that's going to lead us in, into parts of the future. Um, recognizing that it does exist in many fields, not in all fields, but many. And it will be, um, a thing that's going to revolutionize the future. So they're kind of, you know, they're putting themselves in a position as a university to, to be able to offer that. Um, so, the coursework is going to include machine learning, computer algorithms, uh, data analytics, and advanced robotics. So I think that's, um, I don't know, I guess you could say that's a good thing. I won't say it's a bad thing. I think anything new is always going to be a little bit um, concerning. I won't go as deep as to say frightening, but a little bit concerning uh, for folks who maybe don't understand it. Uh, or maybe fearful of it, and I will be. I'm in the. I'm in the. Uh, the camp of don't fully understand it, not what it is, but how it actually works. And um, you know, I've, I've gotten, I've gotten a lot of it's social media responses to things where I look at it and go, I think that's an AI. Um, I, I think that's something that isn't the real person or the real thing. And a lot of real estate uh, companies are using it now um, in their. Um, What's the word I want to use? And their uh, descriptions of the property that they have listed. And um, I saw something uh, a couple of weeks ago, and I was looking at this one uh, one condominium here in Chicago, and I just kind of went, huh, that, wow, they really did a great job of furnishing that place. And then I started looking at it a little bit more closely, and I realized that it looked like the bed in one of the bedrooms was like two inches off the floor, meaning the, the legs of the bed, I should say. And I thought, oh, wait a minute. That's not... That's not a real bet. That's that's a that's an AI generated bet. So, in any event, University of Pennsylvania first Ivy League school to offer um, AI uh, coursework and and be able to offer students um, 
an ability to major this coming fall. So I just wanted to drop that in as I'm looking at some of the things that are happening that impact us all. Um, I meant to talk about this earlier with regard to the Super Bowl. Some of you may have already heard or seen this, read this, that in terms of the Super Bowl ratings, um, 123.4 million viewers. Um, and uh, according to the estimates and what's been put out by CBS and Paramount streaming uh, all combined, um, that the 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 fa- the figures from the Super Bowl shattered the previous records, um, which was set with last year's Super Bowl, and it's um, being recognized as the highest broadcast um, um, since the landing of um, in two thousand uh, not two thousand in nineteen sixty nine on the moon. So quite a feat, and uh, that's I think before anybody you know jumps on how it happened or why it happened or where those numbers came from. It's a combination of things. I think because of the two teams, the significance of the of the um, of the Chiefs uh, making history, the significance of the Forty Niners, um, you know, having been to the to, uh, been to the Super Bowl quite a few times in the last decade. It's it was you know it was about first and foremost the teams. I think also one of the impacts of those numbers is the um, the fact that it was in Vegas. And hadn't been in Vegas in the new stadium and all that. And most certainly the halftime show, the bring up to that. And then w- without a doubt, the Taylor effect. So I think all those things combined, it wasn't one singular thing that, you know, pushed those numbers. But, but the bottom, the bottom line for me is, as I said on Monday, I'm happy to see when a city gets its, kind of gets its flowers. I was happy to see that, um, you know, it, it comes, it 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 brings uh, um, great light, great viewing um, uh, of the city, and that's certainly what I what I saw uh, with the Super Bowl. So, good numbers. Congratulations to both teams. Congratulations, most certainly to the Chiefs, and and also, um, I mean, I'm happy for C- for CBS and Paramount that they were able to have a good show. Um, let me jump back on a couple of quick topics that I certainly wanted to cover, and you know, this is my this is my Biden is old as hell statement in a positive way. You know, it's about the wisdom. It's about the the things that he has accomplished versus uh, missteps uh, during um, uh, an interview or missteps during, during um, a press conference. You know, take control of the uh, take control of this particular conversation. Don't let it be brought to you, President Biden and the administration. You guys need to take control of this. Step to the mic and say, yeah, I'm old as hell. But look at what I've gotten done. Look at what I'm doing and look at what uh, we're going to do. The aspirational part of the administration. That's what I believe the president needs to lean into. Uh, Biden's age is not a factor for me. It's a factor for a lot of people because they have nothing else to make as it relates to detracting from the president's success. That's clear. And I know it's clear because of the way in which whether people that call into our show, not just here, but the family meeting on Jones show um, and, and certainly in any um, um, any of the other shows on CPT when it comes to Patty's show. Anybody that calls in that talks about President Biden's age and says he's too old to be a president. You know, I asked the question, tell me, give me specific as to, as to why. And that's why I, ba- I balance that out with what has President Biden done for you that's been successful. I think that's critically important that, that people talk about. Um, so give us a call. I know that you guys have been trying to get in, get through this morning. So uh, 773-763-9278. I think, uh, and so, so let me stay on point with Biden. I don't want to lose, lose, uh, lose track of what I was saying about Biden not being old. But this is something that I felt 
was was a terrible mishandling, and it's tied into something to do with who we have, who the president has in certain positions. And you know, a little bit of elephant in the room. So I'm going to talk about it. And this that's this. Um, the prosecutor Robert Hur um, mishandled the, the delivery of that information last week. I haven't talked about that yet. And, you know, I want to make sure that, you know, he gets called out for the way in which he handled that. The president, you know, wants to, to protect culture, community, his, meaning hers uh, culture, because he's Asian, Asian American. He's one of the first people to step to the mic to protect culture and community and gender from racism and from uh, sexism and from bias. And, you know, for him, for you, Robert Hur, to say that the president is old and feeble and too old and too feeble to go through a, through a, through a court case, um, I, I, would, I would challenge that. But unlike the former guy who wants to um, accuse your Asian community of causing or creating COVID, so just remember that the next time you decide to say somebody is old and feeble, because this, the, the dude that, that, that wants to harm you, and this is why I always ask the question, what is, was it, what is it that President Biden has done to harm you versus what has he done to help you? And so what I found just a little bit ironic with Hearst's comments about President Biden being old and feeble um, was, again, this is a dude that steps to the mic to protect all communities and step to the mic very, very, you know, um, ferociously, frankly, when it came to the commentary that was being dropped on the Asian community in general, speak, not just China, but the Asian community in general, that they were at the, the they were the cause of, of COVID, you know, and, and, you know, comments like, you know, the Kung flu and some of this other craziness that came out of the mouth of Donald Trump. So, you know, just be mindful of that. And I think that, Robert Hur was was a little he, he got a little bit outside of the lines and how he handled um, the delivery of that uh, that finding. So I, I've been meaning to kind of lean into that or at least chat about that for a while. Um, and I just wanted to make sure I didn't skip past that today because that's been on my mind. So as we come to the top of the hour, seven, seven, three, seven, six, three, nine, two, seven, eight is the number. This is Choose Views. Um, we'll be right back. You're listening to Choose View with Richard Chu on WCPT 820, Chicago's progressive talk. Hey, guys, welcome back. Uh, 773-763-9278. Give us a call. I've got a couple questions that I put out there. Obviously, my daily question. Talk to us about what President Biden has done to help you and in the greater scheme of things, help the country. And the other question I have, which was one that came through as a uh, result of what something David uh, brought, and that is, uh, what happens to veterans who get convicted? Uh, what happens to veterans' benefits as it, uh, if they are convicted of a felony? And this was linked to uh, J6. Uh, so just uh, kind of put that out. And certainly, as always, I want to give my shout-outs to those who are listening and following uh, us on social media, Indy Armour. Uh, my man, uh, Tank, uh, Quincy, uh, of course, Deborah, Optimus, uh, 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 OP, as we'll call him, David, uh, Paul, um, uh, Blue Bunny, the list goes on, Leslie, Arturo, just wonderful that you guys um, tune in and plug into our, our little um, morning uh, um, show here. We take it seriously. 
because we have an opportunity at the same time we have a responsibility. And I'm so excited about that um, to be able to, to be to some extent representative of you guys and the messaging that you guys and questions that you have um, as we are, you know, just what can I tell you guys? We got work to do and we, and we start right now, start where you are and we keep moving this thing forward. Um, so we got a couple calls I want to grab, but I also want to, well, let's take Michael's call and then I want to play, play a clip that I want you guys to hear. Michael, welcome to Choose Views. What's going on this morning? Yes, I'm Michael from the north side of Chicago. Okay. Uh, you can hear me good? I can hear you uh, all, thanks for all taking, the way. <laughs> thanks for telling my, uh, taking my call. And I agree with everything you've said uh, in the last week uh, on, the, on the, uh, your program. You're, you're very good at analyzing the viewpoints. Thank you. I, I want to talk I want to talk about 17-year-old kids voting in the primary elections in 24 states in the United States, including Illinois. We definitely have it in Illinois. A lot of people don't know about this. Yep. Now, a lot of people think in this country you've got to be 18 years of age to vote in any election whatsoever, any government election. But this is not true. The, the federal government is allowing the states in their primary elections to, to lower the, the voting age to 17, but a lot of people don't know about this, but it's in Illinois since 2014, but here's the catch, a 17-year-old voting in the primary, and the Illinois primary is coming up next month in March, he has to be 17 years of age in March, but he also must become 18 years of age by the November general election, Right. that's the catch. So, and to be honest about it, that that disqualifies about half the seventeen-year-old kids, uh, about half. Right. But nevertheless, there's still a large number of seventeen-year-old kids uh, that can benefit from this, that that can vote. Uh, there are four million seventeen-year-old kids in the United States of America. Four million, and a lot of, and it's in. 24 states now allow it, and Washington, D.C. allows it. So this is a tremendous opportunity to get the young people voting. Uh, Young people should participate. Now, can I say one other thing? Go for it. We have 16-year-old, they changed this law. Uh, 17-year-old kids have been in Illinois since 2014, a long time. But this new law changed six weeks ago. And this is a law that... 16-year-old kids now in Illinois can pre-register to vote. It's called pre-registering. They cannot vote at the age of 16. No, they cannot. But they could pre-register to make it convenient for them when they become 17 or 18 to vote. And that's just started. And that's why you, I think on your own program, were you talking about the League of Women Voters? Someone phoned that in, that they're going to high schools now to, to work with the young people. Well, I, I read that. Yesterday, I, I, heard I that think, on I, some. I think, yes, yeah, what you're referring to. And, and first of all, thank you, Michael, for that information. I want to circle back to it in a second. So stay with me. Um, I think that was, it may have been Mildred yesterday, and, and she's going to send me some information. Um, she was talking about going to uh, high schools to work with kids and getting them involved. And, and I, I don't remember the exact uh, uh, wording she used, so I don't want to misquote her. 
But your, your overarching point here, uh, Michael, which I so appreciate you bringing this knowledge. I wasn't fully aware of the 16-year-old pre-registration point. I did, I did, and do know about the 17-year-old. And inside of the, they have to be um, what the guideline is as it relates to the general election. This is how I see it. So first of all, yes, great. 17-year-old, yes, great. 16-year-old. It is What it's really talking about, we have to, you and me, Michael, and all the rest of us progressive heads, what we have to do is not be afraid, in my opinion, to have these conversations with our 15, 16, 17-year-olds, nieces, nephews, sons, grand, uh, sons and daughters, grandchildren, all the rest. We have to have that conversation. Guys like you and me as men have got to lean into our, our boys and our girls to, to, to make sure that they're not just plugged into their devices, but they're using their devices to be plugged into the issues that are going to impact them as they get chronologically older. That is what our resp- I believe our responsibility is. We can share with them what the guidelines are and when, when you can register or pre-register and when you can vote and when you, which elections you can participate in. I think our real strength, our real value to them, and really our responsibility to them is to pull them into the, the activity, to get them involved early. If they're you know, um, running for student government is, is one of those areas. And I go even deeper on this, Michael, so, so I apologize, but you, you know me by now. We even need to make sure that the learning, that they're learning and aware of civics, because I think one of the biggest issues that we've got with a large swath of, of voters is they don't know a damn thing about civics. And, and the more we get our younger folks, I mean, look, Michael, when I was in high school, and again, this is not about me. Yeah, class in high school, you, you got to have the civics class in high school, don't you? It's the law. Well, but, but just because they have the class doesn't mean that they're understanding what it means. So, yes, just be, so that, that's what I'm saying. And I, I appreciate you, you clean, helping me clean that up. Just because the classes are there doesn't mean that they understand how that impacts their lives. So this is one of those conversations that we as grown folks have to have with our young folks. We have to keep them engaged in the process because everything is going to happen to them as they get older. And the more they're involved in the process early, the better they are at being a part of the process's success for them. So, Michael, I listen, I'm going to put it on you to do a little bit of research and call us back when you can. Um, I want you to find out, you said that the 16th, well, you, you may have already said it, so um, just help me out here. Did you say that there were 4 million 16-year-olds in the country, or was that 4 million 17-year-olds? No, no, no. 4 million 17-year-olds in the United States of America by population. It's got on it. the computer. Okay, got it. And, and and even if 20 or 30 percent of those people started voting, that would be tremendous. Tremendous. Exactly. All right, Michael, listen, I'm going to go ahead. Go ahead. I, I got to bounce to another caller, but go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. That's why the League of Women Voters are going to the high schools and some community groups because they can now enroll the seniors for, as 17 year old uh, voters and they can enroll the juniors, the juniors in high school because they're 16 years old as pre registration. You see? Yeah. They can they get more work done that way. Before they can only go in and, and help the seniors. Now they can help the seniors and the juniors. So that, that's why they're more, uh, even in the next couple of weeks, you're going to see more community nonpartisan groups going to high schools and trying to get them registered. Got now, it. I want to I say this. 
I've heard that the Republicans are going with this basketball, that they they are making an effort to get their children and, and their grandchildren and their nieces and nephews. They're talking about it at their meetings. They kind of keep it secret. They don't want to get it in the newspapers. They want to keep it secret. But they are communicating and they are getting their Republican children voting. So I think the Democrats, I'm for Biden, I'm a Democrat, but, but I'm for everybody. You know, I, I want to, I'm nonpartisan in some ways. I think the Democrats could, should get their fair share of the 17 year olds, a lot of them, you know, because yeah. they're going to inherit this earth, they're going to inherit the community. Now, I want to say one other thing that the 17 year old kids in Chicago, in this, in this country, they're, many of them are better educated. I've talked with them. They're better educated by the school system, is rigorous in Chicago and other cities than their parents. I hear some people tell, telling me, oh, the kids are too young to vote. They're too young. That's not good. No, but that's, I feel that's they're good. better educated than their parents. I'll tell you that. Yeah, I, 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 I would say that that's definitely there's some credibility behind that. Michael, thank you for calling. Give us a call back out of bounds because we got a bunch of folks that are that are just trying to get in my ear. Michael, thanks for the call. Thanks for the data on the, the age groups. And he's spot on. I mean, we've got to lean into that with our children and 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 our, our youngsters. So deep breath, Richard. Let's take a call from Terry, who's got some comments about President Biden's age. Good morning, Terry. What's going on? Good morning, Richard. And I tell you, you're a man after my own heart. You, you think just <laughs> that I think. Uh, what you, you got for us, man? What you got for us? <laughs> Thank you for the compliment. Yeah, yeah. yeah, let's talk age now. Mike Johnson, who is the Speaker of the House, said if you want to know where he stands on things, just read the Bible. Okay. <laughs> since, I'm a minister, since I'm a minister, I'm, I'm going to come from a biblical perspective on a couple of things just to help, help the audience out a little bit. Now, he said, read the Bible, and really what you should do is study the Bible. But I'm going to say this about Mike Johnson and relative to President Biden. If you go back to the Bible, the creator did not select Moses until he was 80 years old. At 80 years old, Moses saw the burning bush, and he had the qualities that creator thought was necessary to lead the people out of Egypt. Let's give you one example. I'm going to give you another biblical example that Mike Johnson told me to read. Uh, when it was time, the people clamored about wanting a king. They were led They were led by judges, and they said, we want a king like everybody else, because Samuel was too old. Mm-hmm. Okay? So That's God right. told Samuel, go ahead and give them what they want. <laughs> they wish they didn't have what they got. Okay? That's just a, a, a couple of examples. Uh, let me say this in general, just to, as, as I close, that we're living at a time right now where Joe Biden is the best man for the job. We need a wise, old, mature man to handle the seriousness of our country right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has, he knows everybody around the world. He's familiar with our government. <clears throat> he, he, he is, uh, indoctrinated to deal with people across all walks of life. A a young person right now would not be ready to handle the the multitude of the vicissitudes of issues that we now are facing in this country. So Biden is the man for the job, no doubt about it. Terry, your your comments are so spot on. And before I let you go, I'm going to say one thing. 
please call us back. And, and I love your, I love your, your, your two rails here, uh, speaking about the truth of what's happening right now and having that history and that knowledge of, of what's in the scripture and studying, you know, I, I really appreciate that. It put a smile on my face. Terry, thank you so much for calling. I greatly appreciate you supporting what we do. Have a fantastic day today, Terry. Stay safe. All right. This is my first time calling. I will call back. Absolutely. Be well. That was really cool. I mean, you know, that's that's the that's the old thing about, you know, fighting the fire with what the with the fire that you've got. This man, Terry, knows what's in the scripture, no matter where you sit in terms of your religion. He understands that Mike Johnson is, um, as we like to say, he's uh, trying to get everybody to fall for the okie doke. So listen, we blew past that break. I see you guys out there. I see you, Diane. I see you, Bob, Big Art, Mildred and all the rest. 773-763-9278 is the number. This is Choose Views, and we will be right back. You're listening to Choose Views with Richard Chu on WCPT 820, Chicago's progressive talk. Hey, guys, we're back. And listen, I, I have to tell you um, what's so so cool. You know, Henry, during the break, uh, you know, we get to chat it up a little bit. And, you know, Henry is constantly cursing at me during the breaks and just late, just light me up with the profanity. I'm just playing, y'all. That's that's not who the, who Henry is. Um, but the point we were, we were saying about during the break and I'm, and I'm, I'm putting this back out to you guys as our as those who are callers, followers, listeners, whatever, watchers. Now that we're on Facebook Live, I just have to say this. Thank you. One of my goals with this show and, and, and with the family meeting and, and really in general with WCPT, I, I want, if, if, as, my, as my late father-in-law used to say, if I ruled the world, now, if, I don't mean it literally, but in this space, what I want to be able to do for you guys is make this a place where you can come to and speak your mind. We don't need to agree. We need to communicate. We need to talk about what this stuff is, how it's impacting you, how it's affecting you, and then come up with some common solutions to move forward. The biggest challenge that we have right now in this country is everybody is yelling at each other. They're not sitting down and communicating with each other. That's, to me, that's the biggest, that's the biggest problem. It's the biggest challenge. Yeah, all the other details behind that about policy, about this, about, we, I get that. I can get nerdy and in the weeds quicker than you can imagine. But at the end of the day, it's about us talking about the stuff that's going on and how we can find some common ground and move forward. It's not just rhetoric. It's not just happy talk. I know that's what the end result is when we do that. So with that being said, we got a bunch of callers and I want to try to get to everybody before we end the show. So, um, uh, Henry, let's, uh, let's see what Diane's got to say this morning. Good morning, Diane. Welcome to the show. We're going to keep you kind of brief because we got a bunch of folks that we got to get to. So, Hit me with it, girl. Sorry, I, I, talk, I talk convoluted and stream of consciousness. To answer your last caller, I am 78 years old. In order for me to graduate from eighth grade, I had to learn the Constitution. To graduate from high school, I had to have a credit in government. Ronald Reagan said we don't have to learn that anymore. Mm-hmm. That's right. He pulled, he pulled a pin on that, and, and thank you for bringing that up, Diane. What else is on your mind this morning? Okay, but, but wait, and then I do believe Pritzker may put those things back and forth for Illinois. I'm not positive about that. Okay, what Biden taught me is to question why. Why was Biden talking about NATO so much? Because he knew what was happening behind the scenes. 
Okay, but who said that we should defund NATO before Trump did that? You didn't hear about in the news. You got me on that one. What's the answer? Okay, according to Vox, which I halfway believe, because there's a lot on the Internet I don't, but I did hear on the radio recently that Biden wants to get rid of junk bank fees. You know, your 35 bucks for a bounce check. Okay. 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 That was on January 17th. Robert Wright, um, Clinton's whatever, the little guy I know, um, that yeah. I trust, is, he speaks sense. On January 21st, he covered uh, some financial meeting where Jamie Dimon spoke and said some of the things Trump said were good. Tax cut, immigration, and money spent on NATO. Okay. Well, that's, that's a cover. There, there are no more Jerry Falwells to say that, you know, that this happened or, um, there's no more look over here. What you didn't cover this morning, the seat in New York, what was the margin on that, on George Santos' seat for the Democrat that got in? So let me ask you a question, and then I'm going to ba- bounce to another uh, caller. Did you say... No problem. You, you, asked, you asked me, you said I didn't cover New York, or you wanted to know what the margin was? I want to know what the margin was. I think it was 9%. Uh, I think 160... Uh, at 85% of the, of the, of the total uh, um, votes in, they were... Uh, it was a 5%... Uh, no, there was a, I think it was a 9% spread... Uh, Diane and um, I don't know what the final numbers are, and I don't know what the final numbers are in, but the spread the spread was about nine percent. So I mean, good. According to to one of the three news broadcasters, when I looked at it last night at ten o three ish, it was sixty six percent for the Democrat, thirty percent for the Republican. Well, the one and thing that, that, one thing all for that sure. Was saying, "Don't go out and vote for New York." Oh yeah, well, without a doubt, we, we, we knew that was coming, Diane. And thank, listen, thanks so much for your call this morning. No, um, but wasn't covered. Wasn't covered. Everybody was talking about how defund NATO and there's no allies. We don't live in the United States. We live in the world, and the rest of the world is watching us, and they don't trust us, and they're scared of Trump. And we're really not voting against the Republicans. We're voting against the money because I know Michigan Republicans are bankrupt. Well, I want to. Well, I want to keep. I want to. I want to keep you on point here because I don't want to bounce around too much and lose the ability to answer uh, a key question. Go ahead. So um, we are. Are the New York vote is. I, I, I believe everything's in. I'm not certain about that, so I don't want to say something and be be inaccurate. But I think that the percentages this this is the takeaway from New York, and rather than me getting into numbers that I don't know the answer to, I don't want to do that. The the takeaway from this is to what Diane was saying the the, the misdirection. Don't vote. Don't vote. Don't vote. They were talking about oh, don't go. You know, weather's going to prevent you from voting. At the end of the day, the, all the hype about the Republican candidate was it, it kind of was a, a lead balloon. She didn't perform well. Thomas Wazi performed extremely well. 
And I go back to an interview that I saw from a woman that's in the district. She said, listen, we don't need another George Santos. She said, I'm a, I'm a moderate. I'm more independent. We don't need another George Santos. That was a disaster. This white suburban woman in New York said, we can't repeat that. So I'm, she said, I'm voting for Swazi because I feel that he's going to be more moderate. He's going to be more in line with the things that this whole district needs. So to me, that's the takeaway and that the, the, the fact that she, the, the Republican candidate way underperformed. And this woman, this particular woman, the other thing that, that she said that I thought was spot on, we don't need another highly funded, non-experienced person in this seat. That speaks a lot to kind of what Diane was saying. We got to get more people to understand. We want folks with some experience, some scars, some, some battle wounds to, to get into this fight. So enough said on that. Uh, let's lay into these calls real quick. Let's, uh, let's, let's talk to Bob in Indiana. Real quick, Bob, we are running up against the clock. But what's happening this morning? Well, I just, um, uh, question that I have and... I figure you're honest enough to answer this as best you can. I have, for the longest time, heard that there are more of us than there are of them. Do you yep. think that's true? That there are more of us than there are of them? Yes. Okay, so here's my... The answer... First, let me answer your question, Bob. Yes, I do not only think that, the numbers back it up. But this is what Eric Grant has said so often on the family meeting. The, the minority is yelling louder. And I don't mean minorities culturally. The minorities in terms of numbers on the right are yelling louder. They're getting more coverage as a result of that. So what Eric's salvo is to this, and I agree, is that, and this is what I was saying earlier in the show, we've got to yell louder, more efficiently, and we have to push and pull together at the same time in the same direction. So, you know, first to answer your question, yes, uh, there are more of us than there are of them. The data backs that up. And that's why the phrase you hear oftentimes, Bob, when we show up, we win. When we turn out, we win. Because otherwise, Bob, why would there be this push by the right for voter suppression and misdirection and all these things? Because they know that when we show up, we win. You know what I mean? So that's where I'm that's where I'm going with this, because. If we would have pushed a little bit harder, got at least one or two more senators and a few more in the House, we wouldn't have the problems we're having right as we speak. You are spot on. We have to push a little bit harder, a little bit more forcefully at the right time. That's key. And in the right direction. Because a lot of times, you know, we got 17 different, you know, cooks in the kitchen. We all need to say, wait a minute, we got one dish and it's it's a big old pot of stew or goulash. That's what we have to have. Bob, we got to have a big old pot of stew that everybody's contributed to. But at the end of the day, when we serve that bad boy up, it's got to be this is stew. This is not 17 dishes. I'll throw in a little pepper. Bring it on. Is it ground up or is it is it regular black pepper? I don't care as long as we got some pepper in it. Well, it'll be good. I'll tell you that. We got it, Bob. We're going to bounce to the next caller. We got to hit a break. Thank you. Have a great day today, Bob. Uh, okay, seven seven three seven six three nine two seven eight. This is Choose Views, and we will be right back. It's Choose Views with Richard Chu on WCPT eight twenty, where facts matter. 
Hey, hey, what's going on, sports fans? We are back. Um, <laughs> Henry and I were, were talking about our, gro- our gro- grocery shopping prowess. And without giving a promotion out to a company that's not yet supporting us, Henry and I do see the world similarly when it comes to grocery shopping. But here's the thing I wanted to, uh, wanted to do. Uh, he's grabbing another quick call, um, but we're going to uh, kind of hopefully get everybody on before the end of the show. Um, before we went to the break, uh, Bob was talking about the importance of yelling at the same time and, and in the same direction. And is, are there more of us than there are of them? The answer to that statistically is right on. Yes, we are. When we turn out, when we show up and, and the numbers, listen, y'all, they, they wouldn't try to suppress the vote and create all these, create all of these hurdles if we weren't stronger and in bigger numbers. They wouldn't do it. They'd say, listen, we got more than they do. Who cares? They would just sit back. Let's, let's just be honest. Let's just be honest. And, I'm, and I'm, the suppression isn't just of the black vote. Yes, that's a big that's a big category. But there's the suppression of the Hispanic vote, the Asian vote, the LGBTQ vote, women voting, old folks voting. And listen, going back to uh, going back to what my man, um, gosh, it was was it. Oh, oh I'm so sorry that um, Bob. I think it was Bob. I apologize if I'm wrong. Um, um, or it was Michael. I, I want to get it right. Sorry, guys. When he talked about the 17-year-olds and the 16-year-olds pre-registering. Okay. That's why they're trying to prevent them from... Who was it that said we need to lower... Uh, just recently, was it Johnson? Uh, Speaker Johnson, that 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 um, dude that hasn't really read the Bible, according to what uh, what, what um, uh, Pastor Terry or Preacher Terry said. Listen, they, they wouldn't be trying to suppress the vote of young folks, younger folks, and making it more difficult for our, our seniors to vote if the, we didn't have the numbers. So anyhow, Henry, let's get these uh, uh, last few calls in. Let's, uh, let's grab Big Art real quickly. Hey, Big Art, good morning. Happy Wednesday and happy Valentine's hey. Day, brother. How you doing? I'm doing fine. I'm doing fine. Uh, we got to skip the uh, Super Bowl commercials because we got important uh, political stuff to talk about. Maybe tomorrow we we'll get to those. Okay, you got um, it. What Biden, what, Bi- what Biden did for me was after watching uh, 2016 campaign mm-hmm. uh, with, with Trump and seeing what what what, what type of man he was. Uh, uh, when he was started revealing, we started peeling off the layers of the onion and seeing what exactly and who he was. And then, of course, as the years went by, it got even more uh, uh, distressful and, and, and just uh, serious. What Biden did was uh, give me hope. Mm-hmm. He brought dignity back, not only to the White House, but to uh, uh, the United States of America. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And 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 that's, and and that's I'm talking on a national and international uh, uh, basis. We got our respect back from the rest of the world. And if, if people are so ignorant, they don't think that's important. That we're in a global economy. Uh, maybe you should just turn off all your social networking and your <laughs> smartphones and, and 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 just isolate yourself and just you know wrap yourself in the flag and scream America first all the time. We are codependent on the economies all around the world, and especially with the oriental economies of China and that area, Taiwan, yep. all of them. Well, and they don't get that. How do, you, how do you veterans out there, every single one of you, I know some of you out there are racist, <laughs> you were raised that way and you just can't get away from it. 
how do you, how does a, a man become president and does not know what December 7, 1941 means? Yeah, I know. He did not know anything about that. They are, like, it's this, just this, frightening. This, it just it is. It really is. It's like, are you all a bunch of ignorant doofuses like him? Just because you make a lot of noise and, and, and talk a bunch of BS and and and, and crap that, that 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 makes you. I just don't get it, man. It's like look in the mirror, please. This man, as far as the religious folks, God, I can't, I can't think of a ten, one of the Ten Commandments that he hasn't broken. I seriously can't think of one. He really loves uh, breaking number nine. No. Shall, there are no false witness against uh, another. And let's add deception to that, too. You shall, you shall not be deceived. Deceive uh, yourself and others. Uh, just might as well say the same thing as lying to yourself and others. Because he's done that so much is ridiculous. Go ahead, go ahead, add to it. Add to it. No, no, no. Help I, me I, out here. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I'm, I'm, Help uh, me keep my sanity, I, Rich. Help I, me keep my sanity. I, well, the couch is open, brother. You, you, right? You, you can, you can, you can express it here. That's one of the things we try to. Henry and I were joking about this. We're both in here laughing our behinds off because when you hit that chord, we're like, "Yep, Art, Big Art's right on it." Listen, man. Going, going to to what what uh, what uh, uh, Pastor Terry or Preacher Terry, who called in earlier, was saying about this whole you know sort of uh, capturing religion and trying to throw it in everybody's face and justifying behavior based on that. Then the dude that is at the top of your ticket isn't following the things that this Christian conservative craziness is presenting. That dude doesn't follow him. And I heard, I don't know if you heard this clip yesterday, but look it up. Um, Bakari Sellers was being interviewed, and I'm just going to kind of pull the, uh, the, the short snippet in my brain that I remember. He was talking about how, how in the world could this guy have ascended, and I have an answer, ascended to being their candidate yet again when he's got five, diff- five different children from three different baby mamas. Okay. Now, you know, and, and, and to that end, as it relates to how you've got all these people on the right that are genuflecting. But what my, what I want to say to this is the reason that the, that he is, has ascended again and is their guy is because it's a representation of the, of the voters. He is representing what you and I and guys like me and uh, you and I and guys like Henry and other folks, and our callers and listeners have been saying for decades, but especially if, if you if you are in a particular group, that this is who a part of the country really is. It's the voters it's that's, yeah. that are supporting Ron Johnson. When when um, we had the caller earlier uh, about the uh, day talking about Ron Johnson, it's the voters in uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene's district, and I could I could laundry list all of the different. Loudest mouth, craziest folks, including Trump. It's the voters. It's the voters. That's why we, going back to what um, my man Bob from North West Indiana just asked us, are we really, are there really more of us? Big art? Yes, there are. So we got to shoulder it up, got to put that suit of armor on, and we have to show up. We have to, we have to. What's that? 
That's part of the civics, Rich. That's part of the civics. People don't understand that congressional districts are made up based on population. Yeah. That's why a, a, a place like Illinois, uh, a state like Illinois or New York, has so many more districts, which means we have so many more electoral votes yeah. as, a place, as opposed to a place like Idaho, Montana, or Wyoming. Bingo. Which and, are seriously red. And that's, they, don't, they don't understand those basic civics. It, it really, it really is. It's lacking, and it's unfortunate. But uh, Diane, who called us earlier, is going to take us to school and make sure that we get the numbers and understand the importance of the spread of a vote. It sort, it then shows not only the representation, but it also shows people turning out for the right candidate. So, Big Art, you know the lines are full, man, and I'm trying to get everybody in today. Yeah, Always great to hear you. Stay safe today. Stay healthy, and um, we'll talk to you soon. All right, let's go right to Mildred before this next break. Hey, good morning, Mildred. Before you before you get started, I have to say something that's really important. You have a new fan in uh, Karen from Chicago. She wants to hang with you. She said to me yesterday, "I love Mildred. I want to I want to get to know Mildred." And then and then your your second fan is my wife Anne. She said to me. Man, she said, Mildred sounds like a couple of your aunties and a couple of the, the old sisters in your family. So it was great. I just, I've been waiting. To, I was hoping you were going to call today because I didn't want to forget that two people said, oh, we want to ride with Mildred. Mildred's our girl. So welcome. Happy Valentine's I'm Day. Huh? I'm looking for them too. I'm a member of the Chicago chapter, Black Nurses Association. Okay. You can find me there. And uh, share my email that I sent you. Okay. I sent you that information is what I wanted to let you know about voting. Okay. Um, In August of last year, Governor Pritzker endorsed the election reform bill, Senate Bill 2123. It is law now. And the progressive legislation is, uh, allows the 16-year-old to to pre-register for voting, <laughs> while the 17-year-old can do both register and vote if they make uh, they can vote in the primary. But if they are 18 before uh, election day, which is the 5th of November, they can vote in the election. Okay, and, and the guy's right. That is to get out the vote. <laughs> and uh, we did get 300 uh, uh, students uh, January the 8th, 18th okay. at Simeon High School. We registered 300, and we're going to go for more. And if you're up to and everybody else wants to do this, they can. <laughs> All you need is a laptop. <laughs> Okay, so Mildred, I got I got to ask you a question because I, I don't want to m- m- miss this. Um, can you tell me where you sent that information because I must have missed it to be honest. Uh, your email, the email that went to what's this guy name? Um, let's see, Antonio at wcpt at a twenty dot com. Okay, I'll make sure that Henry gets me in the right direction on that, so that I, that I can see it, and then I'll and I'll get into that. Is that the wrong one? No, 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 no. You got the right one. I just didn't see it. I, I'll I'll take the responsibility oh. for that. That's on me, not on you. Um, but no, it's um, 
Listen, this shared community that we have and that we're growing is super important. It's so cool to have someone that's listening pick up on something that you said that you're doing and then be inspired to bring some additional information to the table like uh, uh, Michael did earlier. And then you've got some specifics about what you're doing. Listen, guys, that's that's what it takes. That kind of energy, that kind of connectedness is what's not only going to allow us to win the 2024 election and win the win back the House, keep the Senate and grow it. The state house race, state races and governor's races. That is what it takes. What Mildred is doing and how we lean into it with the information that Michael brought to us this morning. I think, Mildred, that's so super important that we remain vigilant about staying connected with what we all know. That's right. And this, uh, this is sponsored by the women of these voters, you know, uh, the state of Brady's Teddy. So I'm giving a shout out for her. Okay. Who called me and got my organization involved. So as people can volunteer, they need to hear that. Uh, just need to contact, um, uh, the women of these voters. Okay. That's a bad organization. You know that. Warned by women. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies prevail. I'll make sure I'll make sure to get that information that you sent to me and then we'll we'll keep talking about it because it's those kinds of micro organizations that when pulled together, it's it's what my mother used to say about leftovers. You can make a great meal out of leftovers and crumbs. We pull together all those different pieces. Am I right, Mildred? We pull together all those all those those different pieces. You got a great meal. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to we're going to be the leftover crew. We're going to pull together all of our different parts and pieces. And when we when we connect it, boy, we're going to pretty be pretty damn strong. Mildred, good. okay. Let, let me say one thing because I'm tired of hearing people talk about President Biden missed the opportunity to talk to the world on uh, Super Bowl. Now that guy mm. was really upset. And coming from a psychiatric point of view, because I left as a psychiatric nurse, I'm retired now, so I can do what I like to do, policy. Now, I really was always instructed to take a breath. You know, you don't get in front of millions and billions of people, whatever it is, totally, and and talk up and try to talk. They attacked him. Yeah. He needed some time off, breathe. Come back and hit a home run. Bingo. So he did the right thing. Whoever advised him, yep. I'm a psychiatric nurse, but I would have told him the same. Don't get in, don't use that mark yet. Wait till you calm down. Because that is. was awful what they did to him. I agree. I, 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 all right, Mildred. <laughs> Thank you, dear. Have a super great day. And we, we so appreciate your calling. Mildred is awesome, y'all. She's just awesome. Um, let's take a quick break. 773-763-9278. This is Choose Views, and we'll be right back. It's Choose Views with Richard Chu on WCPT 820. Chicago's progressive talk. Coming to you live from the great studios at WCPT. This is Richard Chu on Choose Views with my new Chicago ball cap, courtesy of my wonderful wife, Ann. All right, y'all, we got to grab another call before we try to get out of here. Let's talk to Roosevelt. What's happening, man? Good morning. How are you? And happy Valentine's Day, brother. 
Happy Valentine's Day to you, man. Uh, thank you for taking my call, hey, Richard. Hey, hey uh, Roosevelt, remember, remember when we were remember when we, remember when we were teenagers and we were running around trying to get our little Valentine's gifts together and who we were going to give the little remember the little candies that we used to have. I mean, they still have them. Oh yeah, remember that? Oh yeah. <laughs> Heck with, yeah, man. With our, with our bell bottoms and that's afros. A, that's a long time ago, brother. <laughs> yeah. What's going on this morning, um, Roosevelt? Hey, no, I was just I was just thinking of uh, Stephanie Miller, and what came to mind is the latest craziness that came out of that orange Cheeto's mouth. Uh, uh, Stephanie, I know you listen to Stephanie, so uh, yeah. I was, you know, she always mentions the fact that she's going to die mad because of what Hillary. And I, I just saw the video again, and I had forgotten. You know, it's funny how, you know, even you're, even if you try to get yourself informed on the latest thing, you forget a lot of the stuff that happened. And that's as recent as the last time when Trump had a, a debate with Hillary, and Hillary said that he's gonna he's gonna try to break up the NATO. And look what happened last Friday. He mentioned it. Yeah. And then here's the thing. He wants NATO to pay up, right? But he doesn't pay up. He's, this is coming from the guy that said, I'm a smart guy because I don't pay taxes. Yeah. And besides, look at all the stuff he's got going in New York. Well, so as far as paying up, he's one of the biggest, biggest non-payer, non-payer pay uppers. Workers. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm going to go ahead. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. Apologize. And as far as what you said earlier about uh, Trump's supporters, voters, and everything, I've often said this. There's a little Trump in every Trump supporter. In other <laughs> words, there's a reason why, yeah. I mean, they either uh, prejudice or they hate, uh, they hate the Democrats. It's, it's all rolled up into one. Yeah. Basically, that's how you start. And it's sad to see because we all have it in our families or in our friends. There's always one person that does it, uh, that, 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 that does support Trump. But uh, I, I just don't get it, Richard. I, I don't get it. And, and you know who's got to be shaking in their boots? It's got to be Poland, Polish people. It's, uh, I believe Chicago is the second biggest uh, Polish population in the world. The first, the first one being uh, in Warsaw. Warsaw. Yeah, Poland. it still is. Uh, so, and it hasn't it hasn't really so, decreased that much. But go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, so then, you know, this guy is going to affect not only this country, the world. Well, I'm going to lean in tomorrow. Tomorrow, Roosevelt, I'm going to lean into this uh, whole thing with NATO and Trump and the Republicans. I've got, I've been just trying to pull together some information before I lean into it. Um, so, so tune in if you are, if you will, and call in certainly on this whole thing about yeah, pay, about payment because um, yeah. I, I want to dress down that a little bit more than than um, than the general conversation has been. Um, but you're doing good otherwise, Roosevelt. Everything going okay. Everything okay? Everything okay with you? Uh, you're doing great on your show. Love your show, man. I don't miss it. Even if I don't call from time to time, I'm very, very busy in the morning. But, uh, yeah, so. Thank you. I appreciate oh, it. I, I, the best for you, brother. And uh, good luck on your show. And Thank you. Well, a part of the success. And, and by the way. What's that? Sorry to interrupt you. No, but no. By the way, I'm glad you leaned into uh, her. I was so mad, Richard, when, uh. he, when he put out that statement. I was so <laughs> So mad because it reminded me exactly of Comey what he pulled eleven days before the election about Hillary's emails. Yeah, you know? exactly. I mean, this is a dude. President Biden has stepped to the mic when it comes to the attacks on the Asian community. And listen, y'all, y'all know me. I'm gonna speak what I, what I speak. You know, if somebody messes up, and, and my my wife knows this, and many people that are around me know this. I'm the rainbow 
dude of getting in your behind if you mess up, but I'm right there with you when you when you do something great. And in this case, President Biden has been the president that stands up, stood in the void when it came to the Asian American community being attacked as it relates to COVID. He stepped in that void. The other dude didn't. He's one that helped to cause harm to that community and many others. I wasn't going to let that slide by. Her was wrong. No, I'm and that, glad you that, did that, man. Yeah, the, he, he was wrong. And we don't need to debate about it. He was wrong. So there we go. Roosevelt, we're going to bounce because I got to nail a couple things Thank before you. the end of the show. Have, a, good Have day. a great day. Be safe, man. Roosevelt is a great dude. I really enjoy him and his observations about things that uh, that are critically important. Listen, guys, this show is, is named Choose Views, but it's about you guys. It, it just is. And I... Hope and pray, and I really, really do, that you guys are, are getting value, that you're able to, um, you know, Tom, Tom Hartman says to win the water cooler uh, award or wars, I'm sorry. Um, you know, I, I just hope that you yourself can take in the things that we talk about that the callers bring to our show, whether it's right on something that I've got in my bullet points or it's something that's important to them. That's what our, I believe our responsibility to you is. And that's why I take this opportunity seriously with a smile on my face of fun because I got my man Henry here and, and we can talk about grocery shopping and where we get the best deals. That being said, um, it's Valentine's Day and um, I'm sending out lots of love to all of the folks that um, that are important in my life, most importantly, my wife and certainly the family. I got to give my sister Linda a holler and say happy Valentine's. I always, you know, um, like to give her a shout and uh, my nieces and, and, and all that. So um, coming up, we know that we've got my girl Stephanie Miller following us and the Tom Hartman show, Joan Esposito in the afternoon and then uh, Patty Vasquez. Uh, taking us home uh, in the in the evening, so we've got a great lineup of folks here. Um, WCPT as a as an entity, we're doing the things that we got to do to put this message out and keep it out there. So I'm thankful to be a part of that, and I'm glad you guys are kind of riding with us here. So and, and kind of wrapping up our show today, the thing that I think is critically important, um, and I'm gonna you know you, you've heard me say it, you're gonna hear me say it again. I'm leaning in really hard right now on us. Looking at our resource, which is our ability to come together as progressive uh, liberal Democrats, I'm leaning in really hard when it comes to pushing back on these uh, this sort of wacky messaging about President Biden's age. I'm going to talk about that every day because it needs to be talked about in a positive light. I believe the administration, as I said before, the administration needs to take this and run with it and, and control this narrative. And we as progressives need to get behind that because we all got somebody in our family that's quote unquote old. And I do want the president. I'd love to hear the words come out of his mouth and at a press conference. I'd love to hear him say, yeah, I'm old as hell. And but look at what I've gotten done and how has it benefited your life and how will it benefit others, other others lives as we go forward and then ask the reporter or reporters, or the or the the press corps. At your age, how much would you have gotten done? Put them on the spot. Why not? I mean, I, I come from I come from that athletic sports competitive background, and I'm a, I'm that guy that says, listen, you know, bring it. 
And that's what President Biden should be doing every time he has an opportunity. So, guys, it's been great as always. Happy Valentine's Day. Happy Hump Day. Stay tuned for Stephanie Miller. um, Stay tuned for Stephanie Miller, Tom Hartman, Joan Esposito, and Patty Vasquez. This is Richard Chu. This is Chu's Views, and we will see you tomorrow.